0: You're listening to the Orenda Sports Podcast. It is our mission to showcase the best of Canadian college sports. Have a guest in mind? DM us at Orenda Talent. Now, enjoy the show. What's good, everyone? We're back again with the fifth episode of the Orenda Sports Podcast. I have a very special hooper in the building today. He is known as Jordan young and I had to practice that a few times, but mm-hmm. the boy got it right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he uh, he graduated from SFU, had an amazing basketball career. So we're gonna dive into that today. And you know, I hope y'all enjoy this episode. Jordan, my brother, how are you doing? Chilling, man. How are you? Man, I'm blessed. No complaints. You know, um, I'm excited to have this episode today because you know you're not only one of our clients, but you know you're very active on social media with the Black Lives Matter movement. You, you know, you've been a great example for someone who's not black, but who's showing support for that, you know, for, for this movement. So, you know, I'd love to hop into that, you know, dive into your basketball career, where it all started and, you know, see some, what what plans are for the future. So, sure, man. you know, uh, let's hop into it. So, were you born and raised in Vancouver or? No, I was actually,
1: so I was born in Seattle, Washington. Uh, I mean, right across the border, right? It's kind of a cousin city, sister city, whatever. Okay, yeah. Um, but I I came to Canada twenty seventeen for to go to school and play basketball. At some okay, so you, so you grew up in Seattle? Yeah, place. yeah, the whole, okay. my whole life. At Seattle. I played I played basketball in the Seattle and Shoreline area where I live now. It's mm-hmm. like ten minutes north of Seattle,
0: and then uh, Bellevue as well. Okay, yeah. how's how's uh, how's growing up in that type of basketball scene over there? It was amazing, man. Mm-hmm. I was—I'm uh, very fortunate to have grown up in,
1: in the basketball scene that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, I uh, I was lucky. Turn of events. I was lucky enough to to grow up playing for MLC City Basketball Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, big shout out to them. They I credit them with a lot of like my basketball game today. Yeah. Uh, but they were just a really big, uh, really big focus on teaching the game fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Um, and and thinking the game as well, which yeah. is something I think that kind of goes overlooked these days. But I think it's 100%. Super, super important.
0: So yeah, awesome. And um, when when you came to SFU, you know, it's uh, have you been to Vancouver first off before? When yeah, you- I
1: came. Uh, I mean, just for like a weekend or two. With, yeah, with some of the, some of my boys uh, when I turned nineteen. Obviously, we yeah, came yeah, up yeah, here yeah. just because that that was a thing to do. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been like twice before just to pretty much Granville Street. Oh, okay. It was yeah, the extent yeah. of my Vancouver travels, <laughs> pretty much. The most
0: important street. Yeah, yeah. yeah can you say that. <laughs> so for you, what was the difference you found with um, growing up in Seattle and that basketball scene to when you came over to SFU and, you know, in a Canadian city? It was, uh, it was
1: a big difference despite all the similarities of, of Seattle and Vancouver as, mm-hmm. as a city and even somewhat uh to the extent of like the people like it's it's it wasn't really a big culture shock for me. Yeah, no. But I think the biggest culture shock was the basketball community. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was like I for example, when I came to my first SFU run, I kinda came I signed late with SFU, I signed in like August actually. Oh okay, so right yeah, yeah. like one month later I was here. Um, and I remember one of my first runs with the team with the guys that lived here and that who had already moved out here for, for mm-hmm. the season. Um we had an open run, we were playing fives in, in one of the gyms at SFU, and I remember getting the ball right away, right? Like, yeah. which was, I know that sounds kind of like a little detail, but I remember someone like gave me the ball right away, and they, they let me, like, do my thing on the court, and I was like, man, these guys are already giving me the ball. Like, where I'm from, like, you kinda gotta earn, you gotta show something or earn the ball. Like, yeah, like, like yeah. you're not touching the ball. Like, if you jump on a random run in Seattle, you're not touching the ball, really, until, unless people know you, exactly until yeah. like third, fourth possession. And if you don't do something with it, you're not getting the ball back for a
0: while, especially if you miss a few shots. Yeah, they, they ain't throwing for that sure. They're not giving it to
1: you, so it was it was definitely different. I got the ball right away, and I was like, "Man, these guys are giving me the ball. Like, yeah. why? Why is that?" Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was the first like definitely culture shot. I was like, "Wow, like you know, it's different. Like that's what here is different." Um, and even like little things like when you walk into a gym, um, you can kind of tell like who's who's from here and who's not from here. Yeah, just the way they carry themselves, they conduct themselves, uh, how they warm up, and stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. definitely like. It, there was definitely a
0: huge difference there that I that I noticed for sure. Hundred percent. So, um, being being from Seattle, were you in the AAU circuit? Uh yeah. Play? I didn't like. I played
1: for when I was younger. I played on like the top teams in my academy and stuff like that. Um, in high school, I, I was uh, more on like the second level teams. The academy yeah, I had the, the Emerald City, the team that I played for. Had, oh, Emerald City. Yeah, yeah, I I know. So yeah, they, yeah. You know, had some battles with them. For yeah, sure, they, yeah, back in the day, they had like six different locations. Yeah. And, like for every location there was like five teams. Like it was crazy. Like, really? So there was like 30 teams within that one, you know what I mean? Like yeah. So like you're playing Emerald City Pioneers versus The Force. you don't know who you're playing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like 30 different teams. Um, but yeah, we, put, we played in a couple like local and like the Portland circuits that everyone okay, plays yeah. at, you know, at the hoop. Yeah. Um, we went to Vegas a couple times, we went to I think California a couple times. Okay, nice. So yeah, we were, we were involved in that mm-hmm. pretty heavily.
0: So, di- so during that, um, was there anyone Super crazy that you ever played against in yeah. the AAU circuit, or yeah, I mean, uh, <coughs> David
1: Chris was a guy that uh, I grew up playing against. Um, he played for the University of Washington, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's overseas now. He was one guy that, uh, especially with, more so when I was younger, I played yeah. against them. But even when he was younger, it was like, man, this guy's nice. Like this guy can play. Um, Jay Sean Augusto, I played him, I don't know if you, yeah, he, yes, he, was, yes. he was pretty popular when he was younger, but he, he, I grew up, like, every weekend we'd get, we'd get 20-piece by their team, like, Yeah, every, <laughs> single week, it, every single weekend, it was, it was tough, whether they were playing for Rotary or mm-hmm. the Panthers or whatever, like, okay, they, yeah, they always yeah. had a solid squad, um, yeah, Matisse Thibel actually played in high school, uh, less of the AAU side, but more in high school when he played for Eastside Catholic, and I remember, man, this guy's like, you know what I mean, just, like, defensively, he was yeah. long, athletic, quick, just knew how to play the game you could tell right away so there was a lot of talent playing playing growing up
0: for sure yeah hundred percent and what was it for you that made you want to pick basketball up were you a multi-sport athlete or was it you just Uh, knew? you know like I started playing just just casually for fun when I was Mm -hmm. probably like six
1: or seven and then I remember doing a bunch of like when I was younger I was I did some you know summer camps like soccer okay yeah, flag okay. football even floor hockey which I don't know
2: why I did that yeah when <laughs> I, did. That was, when I was a kid right experimenting but I
1: remember basketball was the best that by far yeah and I had the most fun with and I remember going to a camp and that's actually how I got into Emerald City I went to a camp that was kind of a feeder camp for them and they're like yeah like we have an AAU program come try out. You know, if you like the camp, like come try out. We'll, we'll get you better. Yeah. Started that in 4th grade I think competitively and then didn't move programs until I was probably like 16 years
0: old, 15 16 years old. Okay, yeah. So I was playing ever since then like I like it was been my passion for sure. Yeah. And did you know like once you picked up basketball, did you know you wanted to have a scholarship, go to university, and then go pro, or was I mean, it a slow progress to be like, oh, I can actually do this?
1: Yeah, I think it was much more of a slow pro- yeah. uh, slow process. I grew up, like I'm still a skinny dude. I was just a skinny Asian kid that, yeah. that would play. Um, and like, even in high school, like when I, was, I, I had puberty late, I, I, had, I think I started growing, and like actually putting on weight when I was like 16.
0: Okay, like, yeah. I,
1: coming into high school, I was like 5'6", 120. Jeez. You know, I was like a little kid pretty yeah. much, and then, Going into my junior year of high school, eleventh grade, I, I shot up. Like, I was like six foot, you know, like one fifty. Like I could, yeah. like you know I could play a little bit more. But I remember in high school, uh, the varsity coach my freshman year um, was like, yeah, you're not going to make varsity unless you either grow, uh, get a strength coach, yeah. or get a skills trainer or something like that. And I remember hearing it, and I was like, man, like you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll be on varsity. Like just just give me some time. And, yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I, I wasn't really recruited uh, out of high school until my senior year, like midway through my senior year, is when I started getting looks, and yeah. it was like JUCO looks, like yeah. community college stuff. Um, but I knew once
0: I got that first, I was like, I'm going, like you know, I'm, yeah, I'm pursue this because why, why wouldn't I? Exactly you know, type of thing. So, so when you were going through that process of figuring where you wanted to go, um, was it was it mainly? Was, did SFU come later, or were they? Yeah. It's it's kind of a funny story actually. I I got recruited. My soft I played
1: for Bellevue. So I after high school I went to Bellevue College okay. to play community college basketball for two years. And my plan was just to play one year and get recruited. But yeah, you know, obviously it didn't work out that way. I think I was a little more confident than than I should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a really good sophomore year, um, and I had a really good tournament. Actually, it was the Bellevue Bulldog Classic, um, which was hosted at our Bellevue College gym. Yeah, and a bunch of college coaches were there, and I knew that so. I knew I had to bring my A game, and I had a really good tournament. We won the championship. Okay. I got a tournament MVP. Mm-hmm. So after that, SFU reached out to me, um, and I, I was talking with the coaches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, dialogue kind of fell off uh, later in the recruiting, like March, April. It kind of fell off, which was uh, you know kind of disappointing for me. But um, other than them, I had had some uh, NAI looks, um, but nothing that I really wanted. Yeah, um, I ended up going, me and my boys went to, we drove down to L.A. to go to this uh, junior college showcase to yeah. try to get recruited, because, you know, we figured we, we need the exposure, we don't really have yeah. the looks we're, we're looking for right now, so we went we went down to L.A. to get, to try to get recruited more, but it didn't work out that way either. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up seeing one of our assistant coaches, Brett McDonald, at a random gym in Bellevue. Really? I was doing score clock yeah. for AAU, and I saw Brett there. And we had already kind of lost dialogue. Uh, SFU and I had kind of yeah. already lost dialogue at that point. But I saw him, and he was like, "What are your plans?" And My plans were to go to Western Washington University and try to walk on the team there, just because I knew I wanted to go NCAA mm-hmm. and D two was always a goal of mine. Um, obviously, D one was a goal, but yeah. realistically, I was like, D two is probably more where I'm fitting yeah. at. And he was like, "Yeah, like we can, we can get you up for a visit. We can put you through a workout, see if, if you know, it's if, a good if, fit. If it's a good fit type of thing." And uh, and it was super random because I never do score clock at the gym that we were at. I only see him at the Bellevue College gym. So yeah. it was weird seeing him at, at some hidden gym like that. Um, but that's pr- I think that's probably the reason that I'm at SFU, or I was at SFU in here now. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. of Brad, that's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy <laughs> story. I tell him that all the time. So yeah. We talk about that pretty often, actually. <laughs> that's super dope. And um, kind of going through those experiences um, of not being heavily recruited and Grinding and grinding to try and get that opportunity. What do you think that do you think that helps your game? Do you think that and helps you grow as a as a as an adult? You know
2: what yeah,
1: I, I think so. I think
0: for a while I was down about it
1: mm-hmm.
2: like
0: throughout that whole summer
1: um, I could have went at NAIA and I just I was like, I, I think I'm better than this mm-hmm. and uh, What well, education wise it really wasn't the path that I wanted to go down. Yeah, and I was down about it for a while. Like I, kind of, I kind of affected my workouts and stuff like that. I wasn't as passionate about it. I was like, man, like I, I just want to be at that level. I don't know, why. Yeah. like it looks. Um, and then once that, you know, opportunity came, I, like it kind of like, it it put something in me a little bit. A little bit of that fire kind of yeah. lit. Um, and it, it definitely helped me. I kind of, I wouldn't say there's a chip on my shoulder, but the, it, it gave me a little edge because yeah. I was never highly recruited, ever. Like I, you know, skinny kid. Um, don't really look the part, yeah. type of thing, but uh, I knew that I was skilled enough to play at the level, and I knew that I could, you know, regardless of, of my physical and athletic ability, like I could I could play the game. Yeah, so I knew I wanted to do that, and it kind of it did kind of give me a little a little edge mm-hmm. to it.
0: So so when you got into SFU, what was that first year like? Was it a adjustment year? Like. What were the ups and downs? Because you know everyone's first year in university, you go through ups and downs. Oh yeah, you're for not sure. just gonna come in and, and excel. You might, it's but it's rare, you know, what right? I mean? So it was it was a shock for me. Mm-hmm. um I was kind of like at my JUCO, like I was kind
1: of the man there. Like I, they, they put the ball in my hands. They yeah. They make decisions and the shot clock. Like I was coming off a pick and roll, yeah. um, and that was probably the most i've shot like per game yeah. is those two years at JUCO. I miss those days, but it was like, I was putting up like 10 to 15 shots a game and I had the green light. Like my coaches pushed me to shoot the ball, yeah. which is something like, I've always kind of had that struggle where like, oh you know, shoot the ball, like you can shoot it, shoot the ball. Yeah. Uh, but when I came in SFU, I was I was confident, you know, I, I came in and it was a Canadian university and I was like, okay, like kind of like that, that US mentality, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, ego yeah. a little bit, which is, you know, I'm not saying necessarily a good or a bad thing, but it's there. Um, I came in and I was, I was a little overconfident and I, I wasn't getting my looks that I usually get. I wasn't getting, to, I was getting mm-hmm. bumped off my spots. Uh, I wasn't making plays that I knew I could make and I struggled for sure, Like yeah. the first co- especially physically. The D2 level mm-hmm. is a lot different than Juco um, and I definitely struggled physically so I had, to, I had to put a lot of time into the weight room and stuff like that. Um, but it, it, was, it was a shock, you know, I wasn't, I remember when I came to my visit actually, uh, my good friend Michael Provenzano mm-hmm. came to meet us for lunch uh, as the point guard, he kind of just was introducing himself, talking yeah. about the program a little bit. I remember seeing him. He came in um, with a tank top, cut he's, off sleeves. His, yeah. <laughs> his hair was long at the time. He looked like he just came from the beach, right? Yeah. He looked like a like a surfer dude. Yeah, <laughs> uh, hat backwards and stuff like that. Rolled in on a longboard, and I was like, "This is your story, starting point yeah. guard." And I remember I was like, "I'm gonna start." You know? Yeah. Like, little did I know he would like. He's nice. You know yeah, what I mean? Like he's the a He's a hooper, straight up hooper. He could play, and he's just he just signed in Spain. It shows he put in he puts in the work um but i remember at the time i was like man like i'm gonna i'm gonna dog this dude yeah <laughs> I'm take his spot type of thing and, and then when we started practicing stuff it did not work out that yeah, way <laughs> it did not work out that way he yeah. was stripping me he was
2: beating <laughs> me up
0: i wasn't you know i wasn't able to get what i wanted on him so it was definitely an adjustment period for myself 100 percent, and uh that's funny though, cause I swear every Hooper, when you walk into the gym, you analyze his oh, here and you're like, "Y'all Yo, eat that dude up." Like, 100%. That's the first time, like, that's my matchup. All right. I'm a kid. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go at him. I used to do that all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man. That's funny though. So, um, was your head coach? At, was it Hanson? It was Steve Hanson. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so you had him those yeah, three he, years. I think or, he that was his second year as head coach when I came okay, in yeah. like 2017.
1: How's your relationship with him? Um, it's good, it's good. We still uh, we still stay in contact. I met yeah. with him for lunch actually recently. We talked about mm-hmm. basketball and how the program's doing and stuff like that. Uh, really enjoyed him as a head coach. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's very easy to talk to as a player, which is uh, something that I value in coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there, there can be a disconnect between, between coaches and players mm-hmm. sometimes, especially head coaches and players. Um, but it, you know, he, he when I first came in, he, he would call me almost weekly and be like, hey, how are you doing with the yeah. adjustment? Um, how you doing outside of basketball? You know what I mean, like how how's the student life? I remember one time he called me and was like, "Have you been out to the clubs yet?" And I was like, "Like no, coach." Yeah, you know what how, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't done anything outside. I thought of basketball. it was a test. <laughs> I've, just been, I've just been training. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he was
0: generally just interested in like how I was doing and, and yeah, totally and care. settling in. Yeah, yeah. That's For one sure. thing I know about Steve Hansen is he's he's like one of the best players coach mm-hmm. um, out there. So I've known him since. Yeah, probably since high school. Yep. Just um, he coached uh, Terry Fox for yep. a little yeah, bit, yeah, a and then uh, in the CP program, which was like the elite Canadian players, which uh, is trained together, and he was part of that as well. So, yeah, right. he was always super good to me. Yeah. And really good dude. Yeah, no, and, uh, and he knows his stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, that's awesome, and then. Your assistant, you had shook for shook for a year for a year. I Dude. love shook, yo. I do too. man. He, he
1: was so hard on myself and the rest of the team, especially the rookies that year. I remember he would just scream and scream and scream. Yeah, but it was always one of those things where you got to take the message and not how he's saying it. Exactly. Like he, yeah. He knows what he's talking about, and you know he, he's trying to get it into you. Mm-hmm. And whether you take that or not, it's kind of up to you. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. He was a good. He was our defensive coach and our assistant that year. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, no,
0: he, he loves his def- defensive yeah. drills. Like, yeah, yeah, we loves them. Probably for half the practice, we'd just be doing defensive drills. Yeah. I'm like, like, shut come on now. <laughs> I, remember, I remember we did this uh,
1: this change drill. Yeah. Change drill. Change drill. Yeah. It's yeah. basically just conditioning. You're not yeah. really hooping. Like, you're just running back and forth. You, you you know, he says change, you drop the ball. And then the other he, team takes the possession. I, and You're he, just going back and forth. And he did that drill. There was a period of time where it was just, change, change, yeah. change. It. Like literally that speed and you're just, you pick it up, you drop it, you pick it up, you drop it. Yeah. No matter where the ball is and I was like, coach, how long are we gonna do this for? it only been like a minute, but I was like, yo, how long are we gonna do this for? Cause I'm already gassed. Yeah,
0: but yeah. I had Shook my U17 year uh, for Team BC mm-hmm. and then uh, two, two years ago I think was his first year at UBC and that's when I was gonna come back to UBC and finish off my, my uh, last year. And he brought that change drill, and I'm am a vet now, like yeah. you know, yeah. my back's hurting, like. And he just brought that change drill. I'm like, yo, Shook, man, like, relax, relax a little. I gotta bit. preserve <laughs> these legs, like. For real, that was like my exact. Man, this is training camp, like week two. Like, can we can we at least get some some more into it before we start getting yeah. hard, you know? But that's yeah. hilarious, nah. No, I love Shook, though. Yeah. It was all at the end of the day. It was all good for for you as a player and as a person. Yeah, so like, it, it exactly. Helped, it helped me a lot, so. Yeah, no, most definitely. So during your SFU career, what would you say is like the most, the most important thing you've learned that helps you grow as a, as a university player? That's a good question. Um, I think uh, being a professional,
1: mm-hmm. you know, like they when I first came in, it was always like. You you know, type of things where it's like if you're not 10 minutes, 15 minutes early, you're late, right? Like if if you got 7 a.m. workouts, and that's something I struggled with a lot my first year, I could barely wake up. I remember I lived on campus too, and it was 7 a.m. lifts four times a week, and I was right there on time, but everyone else was already ready and stretched out and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I gotta get in the gym 15 minutes early and and warm up, change, Mm -hmm. stretch, and whatnot if I'm gonna be on time. Exactly. Time management skills, like university students, student athletes especially, like time management skills is huge. you know, balancing seven AM lifts, then classes, then individual uh, workouts, individuals right? lunch, <laughs> and practice, then then you know a, a little snack after that, then homework, and, it's, and, yeah, yeah, and then body. you wake up and do it all over again. It's like, man, my day is gone. Like I just
0: full. I think that's the biggest shock. The well, for probably first year and a little bit of second year that these yeah. these university yeah, yeah, kids yeah. got to get used to because absolutely. absolutely. In high school, you get coddled a little bit, you know, like yeah. you know that the teachers want to see you do do your best, they want right. to see you go to university. But right. once you get to university, there's it's no one caught ball game. Yeah, it's just game. you, mm-hmm. so you gotta learn these skills pretty quick to be yeah. successful. So I think that's one of the uh, the biggest things kids gotta realize and should take advantage of when they're in grade twelve. So mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a huge skill to pick up on. After finishing your third, and four, fourth year, actually, you can only do four years in. NCAA, Four so years, yeah. so you did two years at SFU then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that second year, how was that second year like for you? When um, just just getting through that year, graduating, and then kind of next step after the second year at SFU. Yeah, um, it
1: was a it was a different uh, phase of my life. I think mm-hmm. uh, I had some like nagging injuries my, my senior year of basketball. Um, and it kind of just like demoralized me a little bit. Like I mm-hmm. wasn't playing the way I wanted to. Uh, I wasn't playing the minutes that I wanted to. Um, and so after after my my senior year, I didn't have the best year um, yep. that I knew I could have. And I was like, man, like is pro like really something that I I want to do or I'm capable of doing. And so. Damn near like a year probably. I I kind of just took it off. Like I played and stuff. Like open gyms. I worked yeah. out and stuff. But I really just took a step back from basketball. Yeah. And explored other areas in my life and and you know tried to find myself outside of the game because it's like I've been playing since I was like eight years old pretty much yes. like competitively all the way out through there. So it was the first year in my life that I didn't really have sport. Yeah. Um, and it was difficult, man. Like it was definitely like uh, people always talk about like the identity thing with with their sport. Like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a real thing. It really is. And then uh, it was probably like this year, like early to like pre COVID, probably, or like right when COVID yeah. happened, was kind of when I started jumping back into it, started working out again, mm-hmm. you know, getting my diet right type of thing, like working out, training and stuff like that. And like recently, just like since I started doing that, I just refound that passion for the game, yeah. I love of the game again, and I'm having so much fun with it again. So
0: 100%. And there's going to be a lot of athletes that, that a lot, probably every athlete's going to go through. That identity, like who I, who am I without basketball, yeah, or absolutely. if um, if basketball ends due to injury or they don't pursue a pro career, you know, kind of dive in how you got yourself out of that funk, and kind of the importance of having having other hobbies. Yeah, you know, you know, kind of speak on that. And yeah, I mean, it was
1: uh it was a transition for sure. At first, I, I made mean, like at first I was like I told myself I was okay with it. I was like, you know what, it gives me. You know, room to grow. I can, you know, I can read. You know, like sounds kind of corny, but I got more time to read, to Mm -hmm. cook, to, you know, like go enjoy life outside of sport Yeah. Which I definitely, I think, you know, took advantage of. Like I was doing stuff that I normally would have never done. Yeah. You know, these hikes and stuff like that, and like just traveling and stuff like that, and and you know, like like you said, like finding finding yourself outside of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, but. You know, like every, I, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. and stuff just came back full circle, and I, I started getting back into it again. You know, with the people that I was surrounding myself with, I just found myself in, in circles where yeah. there were just hoopers around me, you know, which is how I've been used to growing up. And, you know, once I got back into that, I was like, I can't believe I gave it up for like, yeah. you know, like the, you the found months. That love again. Yeah, the months in the year, like probably almost a year that I, that I wasn't really hooping like that. Like, once I started getting back into it, I was like, man, I can't believe I just like it. I felt yeah. bad about it, like, not like, Bad about myself, but like I was like, I can't like the game has given me so much like, like a little guilty yeah story. like the, like, <laughs> in like a basketball like you know what I mean like just the basketball has taken me so many places in life and um, it's allowed me to meet so many different people that I wouldn't have met before and I was like how could I not give back or, or put back into the game what it's given to me yeah thing um, and like kind of like the, taking that and I think it was necessary for me to take that step back
0: to understand that mm-hmm. so you know what I mean I'm I'm grateful that it happened. For sure, hundred percent, and I think that was not a good thing with COVID, but I think it helped a lot of people take a step back and just reevaluate everything. And Mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of for a lot of athletes, even myself, when I was going through my back injury and just trying to, you know, trying to find myself through that through that. Yeah, you know, it's good to just take a step back from the game, reassess things, start doing things that you know you never thought you would do and yeah, start absolutely. to find new loves and then it always brings you back to oh, yeah. where it started which yeah. is which is the game and yeah. what you fell in love with mm-hmm. everything about it so I think it's huge for I think it's huge for kids to also have basketball as your main focus your number one love but to also have little hobbies yeah, here and there for so, sure for sure because basketball is gonna be it's not gonna be our full-time job no. we're. Eighty-nine, right. you know what I mean yeah. so gotta find those other passions in life as well and I think that's huge because I think we're athletes fall into a hole is they they don't think about it and then when their career ends then they try and figure it out and then that's when they get lost because they're like yeah they're like shit I'm like forever how long we play like I'm 34 35 yeah I, I gotta find something else yeah you now like
1: yeah for sure I mean like when I when I finished this you in basketball like uh, I had my degree I got an artist degree from SFU mm-hmm. and it was kind of general and I, like throughout my whole life I've always uh, put basketball first yeah like I in terms of school like I understand the importance of school and stuff like that but it was always like I'm driven by basketball like the only reason I SFU is because of basketball yeah you know and I mean the only reason I went to Bellevue is because of basketball the re- only reason that was uh, you know AU is the all that stuff It was just it was basketball first yeah um, and so
0: like taking a step back it was like. Like, yeah no hundred percent. So being on that SFU team who'd you say who'd you say helped you the most grow who's your favorite teammate? My favorite teammate man mm. I
1: think I think I talked about him earlier I think Mike was one of my mm-hmm. one of my favorite teammates um, just because like we had similarities right we, yeah. we had uh, we both play point guard we both more more so were more um, you know traditional point guards passers yeah. type of, type of guys. Um, and he helped me improve my game a lot just um, in terms of being a floor general being vocal which is not something like he's a very vocal point guard yeah. whereas I um, have a lot of area to improve in that mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of more of a guy that I feel like I, I kind of try to lead by example type of thing and like yeah. bring you with me as opposed to being like you know what I mean like this, this, that like which mm-hmm. is it's an area of game I, I want to develop more but he uh, you know we had we like I was over at his apartment all the time my first year like university, you know, just every game we'd have, we're back at his place, you know, whether just hanging out, having a couple of drinks or whatever, just talking about the game, what happened, like talking about specific plays and certain body movements of people on the court and how we can improve that, and just, just overall, like our chemistry was was unreal because of that, you know, I, yeah, I, you know, he could he can pick and choose where he wanted to put me in spots, and the same thing for me with him, like I knew where he wanted the ball, yeah, I knew when he was driving this way and gave me a certain look, cut back door. You mm-hmm. know, and like our chemistry was was good. And, uh, you know, like I said, like the the same position helped with that, too. Like it was like we were in similar situations, Um, you know, whether we were struggling during the season.
0: Yeah, playing well, we always knew we could rely on each other. So, yeah, 100 percent. And did you so when you stayed on campus, did you have a roommate or was it just you in the dorm? My first year there, they 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 made me stay in the the
1: first year dorms, even though I was a third year student just because it was my first year at SFU. So I was just in my dorm alone, and uh, all the other freshmen on the team who were staying in dorms were in a different one. Like, I think oh, all okay. of them were in yeah, yeah, the yeah. other dorm, and I was just by myself because I signed so late, they couldn't get mm-hmm. me in. Um, so I was alone there. And then my second year, I got uh, I tried to get a townhouse with uh, with Auth and uh, Julian, one of our other teammates, but it didn't work out. I, I It was probably my fault I didn't sign <laughs> up for time yeah. or something like that. So I got another townhouse, like, in the very, very back of campus with uh, three just random students and we weren't, like, it wasn't much of a university housing experience because we all kind of had different schedules and we kept Mm -hmm. to ourselves for the most part. So I was just pretty much on my own for for my university
0: career. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you regret that a little bit that you didn't stay with some teammates? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not even, like, because we got to be boys if we're teammates, but it
1: just helps with the overall chemistry. chemistry. Exactly. For sure. Like, getting to know each other as a person off the floor Mm -hmm. helps you, um, communicate with them on the floor like everything's connected like you know what I mean like if I I know that I can yell at this dude yeah and he won't take it the wrong way because it's not really per- you know once you step in those lines it's not personal no I'll scream at you all day long and I'll get on your ass but like at the end of the day it's all we all have a common goal like exactly. we know like at least when I get yelled at by teammates I'm like okay like he's trying to make me better I'm yeah. not taking it personally Whereas some people, if you yell at them, like they might you know, go get into their shell a little bit, hey, and take it a little personal. This dude hates me. Exactly, exactly like that, right? That They'll take it the wrong way and it's important to understand that
0: off the court, like how, yeah. how you can communicate with each other because that plays a direct impact to how you communicate on the floor. Exactly, man. And um, I think that's a huge thing with, I think younger kids coming into university is, it's not personal. Yeah. And for me, I love it when someone yells at me. Like, yeah, absolutely. like when I was a rookie, my uh, my senior was Doug Plum, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. everyone everyone knows how Doug is, and I know he Doug. will rip yeah. you to yeah. pieces. And that just that just brought the dog out of me because because yeah. <laughs> he knows me. I'm a stubborn mother, you yeah, know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. so, like <laughs> the shit he would say, I'd be like, all right, Doug, yeah. you know, we'll see for
1: sure." It's uh it's mm-hmm. mutually beneficial too, because mm-hmm. like. My best teammates, my favorite teammates, it always works out that we're best friends off the floor too. Exactly. Always, 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 whether we can like, you know, uh, one of my boys, Jonathan Michael, we, we played at Bellevue with for a year and throughout high school too, AAU mm-hmm. as well. Like we are like, that's like my old, like that's my best friend. Yeah, that's my brother. And uh, we had so much chemistry on the floor because we knew what we were about, you yeah. know what I mean? Like we could talk to each other any type of way, yeah. and it's not gonna be taken the wrong way. And we can, do, and then we can get off the court and talk about it too. Mm-hmm. There was like there was weeks on end where we would just be beefing with each other, like, just, just just like fighting. Yeah, you know what I mean. But at the end of the day, it's all love. You know what I mean? It's all like we're trying to bring the best out of each other. We're trying to, you know, obviously, you know, do well in practice, mm-hmm. not lose that game. We're trying to win this game. We're trying to make playoffs. We're trying to win championships, mm-hmm. and it's all like all that stuff leads into the, the end goal of of winning and getting recruited. Yeah, and and this this and that and. like like i said all my best teammates and all my all my best uh Mm -hmm.
0: people that i played with have been like my best friends off the court exactly i actually have a funny funny ass story about uh my first year in playing playing with doug Mm -hmm. um so it was one of one of our season games and um i think we were it was a close game It it was a good battle and um i think i either I missed a layup or something, and, yeah. and Doug came to me. He's like, he's like Yo, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, give me the ball. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like, All right, I was like, All right, cool. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> next play, I, I come down. Uh, he, he pops up the wing asking for the ball, and I, I see him. I'm like, Thumbs. <laughs> I was like, like hey, Cut through, cut through. I was like, Yo. Wax comes to the screen. (laughs) And then I just go around and shoot a floater. Floater goes in, and he comes to me. He's like, Yo, you're a crazy ass dude. I'm like, Yo, I'm just a dog, though, like that. So it's like.
1: Yeah. It'd be like that sometimes, man. You know what I mean? But
0: I gained disrespect from Mm -hmm. that because. I'm not gonna let his yelling affect right. me, and I'm just gonna go ball. Right, <laughs> you know. And what if I you mean? guys weren't
1: cool off the court,
0: exactly, you guys would have had problems by off the court. Hundred percent. Like, because ew. you guys had the relationship. Probably it was like, okay, I see what you're about. You know what I mean? Like exactly. You know, I love Doug. He was probably one. He's probably my favorite senior yeah. out of the seniors on that team. Right. So, yeah, no, <laughs> it's it's fun playing with just a bunch of yeah. dogs and everyone just you know yeah. have that same competitive nature. Like, hmm. I don't yeah. want like. Everyone no, soft ass, yeah. like kumbaya type thing. Yeah, I, I hate that stuff. <laughs> you <man>. know what <laughs> I be mean? honest, like. I, really,
1: I really dislike that stuff. I, I think the best teams are the ones that are closest together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, And that's whether that's f- fourth graders or dudes in the NBA. You know, yeah. you know like the, the best teams have the most chemistry, and to get that chemistry, you gotta be cool with each other. Like AAU teams, there's a reason why AAU teams are sometimes a lot better than the high school teams and like vice versa, it goes the same way. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. AU teammates, like you tend to, at least for me, like I tend to, I tended to play with people that I was really cool with mm-hmm. off the floor and we had like, you know what I mean? Like we could get, uh, we would go out and, and beat teams by 20 who were a lot better than us, but we just knew each other well, we could play well together
0: yeah. and show, you know what I mean? 100% and I think that, you know, BC basketball as a whole is, I think we, we need more dogs. And yeah. I, I think, um, I think we're a little bit soft as a, as a province. And yeah, you know? I mean, I, you know, it's, it's funny that I, I have had
1: a lot of conversations recently with a lot of my, a lot of my good friends about this very topic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can, we, we've always talked about, you can tell when you step on the court who's from BC and who's not just based on mm-hmm. how they ca- Like I said earlier, like the, just how they carry themselves, you know, how willing they are to, to pass you the ball, Yeah. Like, how, how willing they are to be physical with you, how willing they are to talk with you, you know what I mean? Like even like, it's the little things, like when you walk into a gym, uh, what they're wearing, like are they wearing like, you know what I mean? They're coming from, they look like they just came from the beach, or yeah. they look like they're ready to play, like you know, slides <laughs> on, like they're changing, they're lacing them up right yeah. away, how, how they dab up each other on the sidelines, yeah, like that like, stuff, like it's, it's it's little stuff like that and it sounds kind of petty or corny or whatever, but like that stuff is noticed
0: right away. You know, you can tell. Like that's that's one of the one things I love about basketball is you can walk in and you know whose head you can get into. Yeah. Right, right, right like, at, I at the bat, too. Yeah, right
1: like, at
2: the back. I live for that. Like. Then,
1: trash talk another thing too. Trash mm-hmm. talking BC is is I wanna say just not, not even Yeah, no, it's it's not, not, really not really even good. there. Like and it's not even necessarily like, yo bust your ass, like type of thing, trash talk, but it's like like little things like like, not here, you know what I mean? Like, when yeah. you play defense with someone, they go right, like, nope, not this way, you know what I mean? It's, like, little stuff, like, yeah. critiquing their game <laughs> to their face, you know what I mean? And, like, seeing how they respond. If they're not talking back,
0: I'm in your head. 100%. You know I mean? um, one of, one of my good-ass friends, uh, Jaden, Jaden Covey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's probably one of the best trash talkers that I know. We are playing, we are playing one's, uh... Yeah, yesterday we were playing once. Me, right. him, Connor, right, um, and Lincoln, who's on the UBC team. Yeah, yeah I know. him. And uh, you know, Jaden was going to work, whatever, doing this thing. But um, you know, I'm coming. Yeah. You know, missed a shot or whatever. And he's like, he's like, damn, Zay, he's like, you really gonna miss that. <laughs> your feet. I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm 26, I'm right. retired, yeah. fam. <laughs> Always like <laughs> get the ball back yeah. next yeah. Session. yeah, You know, yeah, like, yeah. He's one of the best trash huggers though. Like back when me and him used to train, when I was fully in, like we would go. At each other, yeah. but you know, that's what brought us closer. That's what made us good friends, better, sure too. But I it's know. rare for BC kids to have that mentality. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that needs to change in BC. Yeah, for us to take it to that next level and be, you know, on line on the same line as Toronto and yeah, and these it's other. It's the culture, people, man. It's the
1: culture, 100%. and it's funny you say that too because. And I don't want to, like, I'm not trying to down-talk BC basketball at all because there's a lot of good talent that comes mm. out of BC, obviously. hundred um, percent. But, like, Jaden's a guy. He, he he played at Seattle U. He played in Utah. Like, he went and was exposed to, like, different areas of basketball where there's maybe a little bit more dog out there. Yeah. And then he came back and kind of brought that. Uh, maybe he had, to, I don't I didn't know him uh, when he grew up here. Yeah. But I don't know how he was before that. But, like, I'm sure he brought a lot more of that mentality back with him. hundred um, percent. And, you know, like, for, for myself playing, playing Juco basketball, like, it's just straight dogs in that league. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I say that like kind of hesitantly because there's there's guys that are dogs that are just not very good at basketball. They mm-hmm. just like to talk. And there's dudes that are dogs that are nice. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. just didn't have necessarily the grades or the eligibility to go D1, but they're talented enough. And so you're playing with all those dudes, you get a certain edge to you, you yeah. learn how to talk you learn how to talk shit. You learn how to get in a dudes' heads, you learn mm-hmm. how to rah-rah type of stuff. Exactly. And when I came here, it was absent. And I was like, what is like, you know what I mean? Like where's I'm getting hyped for my teammates. I'm talking yeah. trash to the other team. Like that, like that energy that you bring onto the floor is so pivotal. Mm-hmm. Like it, it can be such a big factor in, in terms of the end result of games. Yeah. Like, literally, like two points could be decided by just energy. And you can't measure that with stats. And it's like, it. it I think it's something that mm-hmm. needs to be more forefront in, uh, in basketball in general, especially BC. 100%. And
0: I don't want the people to get it twisted. Um, with us saying trash talking yeah. means you're a dog but no, yeah, exactly. like like connor morgan and jordan jensen white those are two dogs like they don't they, they don't start trash talking like if someone talks to them they're gonna they're yeah. gonna talk back but uh yeah. those are two dogs that i know yeah that i want on my side when i'm going to war because they mm. will come after you yeah you know what i mean so exactly. it's like it's just that mentality you have them not backing down and mm. Not turning away any challenge, like yeah. like that's what we mean by having that like dog mentality. Mm-hmm. And you don't even gotta say nothing to no. be a dog. You could just be going out and getting
1: buckets, and not saying a word. That's what I'm saying. But like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're not talking and you're, like, you know what I mean? It's like it all kind of plays into each other. Like, there's a certain way you, you you like carry yourself or conduct yourself on the court that is telling whether or not mm-hmm. you're about like, you know what I
0: mean about it or not. Hundred you know? percent. So Jordan. Um, now you finished SFU, you had a year off that you, you took away from the game yeah. and uh, just needed that space, but now you're back fully into it. Yeah. Kind of, what's the next step for your career? Uh, I'm hoping overseas, man. I'm hoping mm-hmm.
1: I'm hoping to, to go play professional, and right now, like, anywhere and anywhere. Yeah. Like, and everywhere and anywhere type of thing. Like, um, I have my, my Asian background, so I'm hoping to, to hopefully play in Asia with the Heritage Clause over there. Um, but... Uh, right now, I'm just trying to stay ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, working out, training, eating right, uh, making sure I'm staying in the gym, um, and just staying focused. Watching film. Yeah, you know, I think the mental side is something that I that I neglected in the past, and so I'm making a conscious effort to make sure I'm watching film. Today. Yeah, you was know, talking to the right people, talking to pros, and asking mm-hmm. them their experience. Um, just trying to be a sponge and soak up all the information I can, um, and hopefully that leads to me. Being ready for if if something you know if a team calls or you know the
0: opportunity opportunity presents itself that I'm ready for it, hundred percent and um, you know because because I know and I'm part of the company uh, you know you signed yeah. with you know arenda talent agency and um, kind of walk us through that process of you know what you like what you liked about our company and what made you feel comfortable to let us handle you know to let us handle that process and and get you that and get you a contract right. You know? um, I mean, all this this whole process is very new for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, since I was a kid, I was like, I want to play in the NBA. Yeah, I play in the NBA. Um, as I grew up, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm uh, <laughs> I'm probably not cut out for the NBA. Type yeah. thing, but overseas wise, like I don't really. I'm I'm new to this, so I'm, I'm you know I wasn't uh, getting a bunch of agents calling me after yeah. after college. I had a couple like Instagram and Facebook messages and stuff like that, but to me, they kind of came off as a little. Like they message everyone type of thing. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Uh, You're like, I'm cool. Bro. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know. Um, but you know, for you guys, like you guys are young. You mm-hmm. guys have been there, played. Um, you obviously all you guys are very passionate about hoops, about you know your clients and and have a general passion towards towards that, which is something that I really appreciate. Like I want to work with people yeah. that are passionate around the same goals that I am and are passionate about helping people succeed in general. Um, I think that energy yeah. is what people thrive on, and I especially thrive on. So signing was, you know, it wasn't that hard of a decision for me. Um, and I'm just, I've just been excited. This whole process is new for me, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting adjusted. And I'm just excited for what's next, you know.
0: Awesome, and you're currently working on getting your Hong Kong passport, is that? Yeah, so that
1: I, I, I don't know if I'm able to actually obtain citizenship. I think with the, uh, the politics down there I would have to live in Hong Kong for like seven years or oh, something like that but I've been doing my research and there's a couple leagues in Asia that if your uh, parent was born there um, or has a passport there it technically makes my like for my dad he was born in China and has a Hong Kong passport okay that would make me technically a local citizen okay so, um, so my birth certificate says that my dad was born in the People's Republic of China and that he has documentation to prove that he's a Hong Kong uh, Citizen, yeah. So that is uh, beneficial for me um, in terms of making it easier to get a job over there. I think.
0: Yeah. So so basically, you just have to just
1: prove. I think you just have yeah. to prove it. I, you know what? Like, I got to read up on it more, and I've been trying to reach out and ask about uh, the specifics and stuff like that. But I'm
0: I'm pretty sure
1: that's what you need
0: just yeah. to be able to prove it. Okay. Oh, and um, do you, did you have like besides Hong Kong? Did you have places in Europe where you would love to play? And, in Europe, man. Honestly, anywhere. Anywhere,
1: huh? Yeah. Anywhere. I've never been to Europe, and Okay. I know it's such a, a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, but honestly, anywhere—Spain, Italy, France—like
0: all that yeah. stuff. Anywhere would be would be a dream come true. No, hundred percent. And uh, for you, is it is this something you want to you know do long term? Is this something you want to do to build your brand? Is this something? You want to do to say i you know this i accomplished becoming a pro like,
1: yeah i think i think it's a combination of all those mm-hmm. things like uh right now i kind of just you know the why for me is just to do it for myself like, yeah just to show that so you can, know you know yeah. if i if i put the work in if i dedicate myself to it i can do it yeah right um i think like now that i've been brought back to basketball like it's always going to be a part of my life in some mm-hmm. capacity I, yeah I, I want it to be in some way whether that's you know, after a, a potential career, if, if that works out for me, whether it's, you know, a month or 10 years, like I, I want something after that would be an ideal position would be like coaching, training, yeah. um, being involved in, in a basketball program in general. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause like I said earlier, it's, the game has given so much to me and I want to give back, you know, especially, and, and especially like it's been, we've had conversations with, with my friends like about yeah. basketball and developing and stuff like that. Um, because the, the culture in Seattle for basketball was so good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the basketball community is so spread out, but also so tight, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's all over Washington, but everyone knows each other. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to get to the, like I know BC is like that in some, in a lot of ways, but I'd love
0: to develop that, you know, try like making the, just bringing the culture to, to a certain. certain exactly. Area. And do you see yourself living in Vancouver after or ah, man. back to Seattle, or I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, you know, people ask me
1: that a lot, and I haven't given much thought to it. But I want on yeah. I want a work permit right now, a postgraduate oh, okay. work permit. Yeah. So I have till twenty twenty three in in, uh, in BC in Canada. I think in general, mm-hmm. uh, it's an open end permit, so I can work wherever. Okay. Um, but after that, I, I haven't really, um, excuse me, I haven't uh, decided. Um, they're both, they're both. I, I like right now. I can call both those places home for me. So I haven't. Yeah. Really, yeah.
0: Just cross that bridge when we get yeah, there, Yeah, it's kind right? of kind one of, of those things. <laughs> I probably should be thinking about it more, but right now it's not in the forefront of my mind. Yeah, no, exactly. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I'm definitely excited to, um, you know, assist in in the process of your pro career and, you know, for the people to, you know, watch you and, and, and for you to showcase what you can do and actually accomplish this goal, especially for kids who, who have the same story as yeah. you and, you know, aren't heavily recruited that, you know if you can play you know yeah someone will see you and you can get to where you need to be you don't have to be heavily recruited for sure you know, man. You know what I mean so for you know sure. I'm definitely excited to see this process and you know see where we get to yeah for sure me too man there's there a lot of role models growing up for me mm-hmm. that I looked up to
1: that helped me out with my game and then you know playing with uh, I've been playing with some high school kids recently uh, you know just get on the court running fives and you know in, in certain I didn't think about it so I got to view but like after games, there'd be kids waiting for autographs. Yeah, like we're superstars or something like that. And I was like, "You guys are waiting for my autograph? Yeah, like, <laughs> like what, what do you need my autograph for?" Type of thing. But um, seeing that and seeing the impact mm-hmm. that I could potentially have uh, is eye opening for me. And I, you know, I want to continue to to try and, and yeah. be a role model for some kids that you know maybe I don't know, but they've seen me play. Type of thing. That, that'd be that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, most definitely, man. All right, Jordan, man. I kind of want to transition here a little bit onto a more serious, uh, serious matter. Um, I know people who follow you, and especially me, have seen you be pretty active on social media with the things you're posting in the Black Lives Matter movement. So, kind of just want want to get your perspective, actually, from a non, you know, a non-Black person, and kind of kind of see, you know, what's your views when you're on the outside looking in. And, mm-hmm you know what you're taking in from all this yeah man it's uh it's been an eye-opening time at least for myself um
1: you know I actually I wrote a couple of papers on on the BLM movement uh, mm-hmm. during my university um classes and stuff like that and it's kind of embarrassing for me to say but like it it really took I think this year for me to really under like not maybe not understand but like fully gauge it yeah to like, fully put it mm-hmm. into perspective like what's been going on mm-hmm. for so long um you know what I mean and I know I'm late right like yeah it's, it's 2020 right but it's uh it's been crazy man like um just with everything uh you know available now especially with like Instagram information mm-hmm. you know uh, I still have access to SFU libraries so I've been reading some articles and stuff like that and just, and just seeing all this information and everything that people have been talking about for years and it's just it's crazy that I'm just now kind of like putting that yeah. into full perspective
0: and getting a grasp on it for a little bit you know did you feel like you had a obligation to educate yourself especially with having black friends black teammates yeah, um absolutely did you just feel like i i need to learn about yeah. this and see yeah. what's actually going on i or mean or? like bare minimum yeah yeah like
1: absolutely like i think everyone you know should be um, hundred yeah. percent but yeah for sure like especially living with Othniel, you, know, you know he's mm-hmm so passionate, um, super informed, and, and very educated on the topic. And like, you know, we've seen what he's been doing. Like, you know, he's been pushing yeah. for, for the name change at SFU, which is long overdue, by the way. And, uh, you know, he's been so active in his community and it's inspired me. Because I've never been a big social media guy, I don't think, you know. I, yeah. You know, posting on stories and social media and stuff like that is is kind of not really been what I've what I've done in the past. Yeah but you know like now I'm finding a lot more comfortability in it because I've seen um, people respond to my stuff mm-hmm. and I've seen what I've like when I see someone's story I'm like wow yeah I mean like thank you for sharing that type of thing I, I see the impact so I've been it's been very easy for me to be like you know what like the bare minimum right now is to educate exactly. so if, yeah. if if you know if my if my sharing that one story whether like all my followers have seen that but if there's no one person that hadn't and they learned something mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's it's all for the cause exactly right? that's a step forward mm-hmm. and it's crazy because you know, it's never really affected me uh, personally. Um, I'm not a person of color, but mm-hmm. they, they, you know, a lot of my friends, a lot of my closest friends have had to go through a lot more than I've had to go through. And I've seen it like, for instance, when we, um, you know, we, we were moving uh, in Vancouver, actually, uh, this was about a year and a half ago. And it was uh, myself, it was Othniel. Um, and Our our third roommate Charles and we're looking for a house and so we're sending emails and stuff on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and trying to reach out, find schedule visits and stuff like that. And so we found this one one post on Craigslist. Othneil messaged them is like, Hey, my name is Othneil. I'd be interested in coming for a viewing at your house. When can we schedule that? Mm -hmm. And the dude responds, and he responds like he's like, If you read the post, you'll see Othneil that blah blah. blah. It's at this time, this time. And he called him an idiot. Over yeah. email, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I messaged him, yeah. And I'm like, "It's." I was like, "Hey, my name is Jordan. I see that you have this scheduled time. Can we come for a visit?" You know? And he was like, "Oh, yeah, for sure." Super polite, formal yeah. with me, but not with him. And I, you know, I'm not saying it's because he said, "Hey, my name is O'Neil." It doesn't sound like maybe, you know, someone's name. Yeah. You know I mean. And so we went, and it was me and O'Neil that went, and we pulled up at this dude's house, and. We introduced ourselves, he's like, we're like, hi, my name's Jordan, and he goes, oh, I'm Othniel, and he goes, oh, <laughs> you know, like, he's tiptoeing, he's yeah. like, hey, uh, basketball player, and I was like, you know what I mean, like, yeah, wait, what? why, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, basketball player, Yeah. so we go in and check out the house and stuff, and we're, like, he's pretending like he doesn't know who Othniel is, Othn is like, clearly, you know, he's yeah, giving a little mug, you know what I mean, we're, we're, we're viewing the house, and towards the end, like, we were there for, like, five minutes, maybe, and then he's like, hey, so, I emailed you earlier, and you were very rude to me. Like, yeah. you called me an idiot, you called me a dumbass over email. Yeah. After one email, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 like, completely backtracked. Yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? I'm glad we went there and did that because, like, who know Like, he's doing that based on one email, based on a name. You know what I mean? So, like, now when we're looking for housing this year, like, and it's kind of like Othniel, uh, over emails, will will introduce himself as Luke, his middle name, just because yeah. it sounds a little like you know what I mean. It's e- it's easier to get his foot in the door, and it's like just little things like that. It's so crazy to me that he has to adjust, yeah, just simply to, to view a house. Like, are you serious, man? You know what I mean. Like, yeah. I got to introduce myself as Luke as opposed to my real that's name. Crazy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's like and it like you know that's just one little uh, microaggression, but it's mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's it, it all feeds into that whole like ideology. It's Just like man, that's
0: crazy that people like that exist and. And that's my thing. I think, you know, there there's a lot of racist people, but I think there's even more people with racist tendencies, Yeah. you know? So you might not be a full-blown racist, but right. you have a lot of racist tendencies. Right. And I think that's the one thing white people don't even take in, that they have these tendencies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, for sure. And that's the, that's the one thing I've noticed and, uh, over the past uh, few years is they don't understand their privilege. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they think we can just go and do the same thing they do. Right. You know? And nah. it's, it's just a lot of nah, ignorance yeah. there. And Yeah. I think with, uh, with what's been happening in 2020 is... I think a lot of people are getting uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They're they're starting to recognize it because it's right in their face and they yeah. can't sidestep it. Yeah, you know, so they're they're really starting to see like, yeah, oh I mean, shit, this is an actual problem. Yeah, for sure. You, I mean, I think it's good that people are uncomfortable. You got to
1: embrace. <laughs> you got to embrace being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Right, like 100%. it's like you're gonna have to check yourself. You're gonna have to have, you know, uncomfortable conversations, mm-hmm. and you know, there's gonna be a lot of tension. Um, but I think you gotta get past that and move Mm -hmm. to what can I do to help like you know how can I be better in my community how can I be better in my social groups my my family my friend you know all that Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you know it's tough it's a struggle because it starts with education right at least from my perspective like some people that are you know like you said to have racist tendencies that's learned Mm -hmm. right through Institutions and organizations that have taught that to people, like whether it be the education system or just you know everyday walks of life, like so. Part of me is like, can I even be mad at that individual? Yeah. I mean, like, can I even be mad? Because I hesitate to say this because, like, sometimes it's not their fault. Like, they learn that they don't. You don't know what you don't know. It's it's hard for them to understand the other perspective because they were taught one thing their whole life, and now people are saying the exact opposite. And, and they're like, okay, that's two opposite things. But really, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing. And uh, so I, I think it starts with educating people, for sure.
0: 100%, a. You know, it's like, it can be a, the, the smallest thing as, like, someone saying, like, oh, he probably, like, he loves chicken. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just like, mm-hmm. Bro, you like chicken too. It's just yeah, probably can, way more. Plant. You don't have like, taste buds. Yeah, like you, you just don't salt your food. Put no spices in there. Like that's only different. Oh, like, yeah, you know you what know put that? some put some marinade yeah, on there. Like, you know, yeah, like man. that's that's one of my my things that I hate. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, I like chicken, but so do you. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, like, and that extends to sports too. Like like, well, that
1: dude's probably super athletic, yeah. and it's like, why do you say that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, is that a black dude versus a white dude, yeah. like type of thing like, you know, and like. Those things, you know what I mean. Like it's not like people are probably gonna be like, oh, you know, like don't say that. You know what I mean. Like it's like it's kind of almost normalized in sport to a certain extent. Um, but those are just like those little things add up, right? Like they
0: just, like, reinforce those stereotypes, and it's it's a problem. Hundred percent. And you know, from your posts and from your stories, have you have you gotten any backlash from it that you've noticed or? Yeah, actually, I
1: so I posted the. Um, in efforts f- to further the SFU name change uh, in solidarity with with all the other athletes that posted i posted a picture of of me and my basketball career at SFU and, and there was the caption i'm not your clansman mm-hmm. like, it's time for a change you know what i mean like yeah SFU clan is that really going to be the name we're talking yeah, about bro. right now <laughs> so i did that and um most like I, like you know 10 people commented on my post like good job type of thing yeah like, support ch- change the name you know what I mean? i'm yeah. in support of that but there's this one dude that that commented and he was like uh a clan is scottish that's all he said and i was like i was like man you really didn't didn't take the time yeah. to just like go a little bit past the surface here and and read about what you know what people are fighting for mm-hmm. um so i went back and i never do this i went back and forth with him on instagram publicly because i was like you know what I normally would just DM this dude, but I want people to see it, Yeah, you know what I mean? And I went back and forth with him, and it was kind of satisfying because at the end, I think I kind of got through to him a little bit. He said, he says something like, I see a lot of what you're saying, and I, and I respect it, understand it. And then he started nitpicking my argument, and I was like, yo, like just, you know what I mean? Like, just admit when you're yeah. wrong type of thing. You're, you're, you're nitpicking my, my grammar or, or my details in the post. Like, come on, man. To try and take away from the actual problem. Yeah, what are, we, what are we talking about now? You know what I mean? We're completely off topic now. Yeah. And it, it was kind of... I was kind of annoyed. I was really annoyed, actually, because Instagram deleted my comments. All of the comments. Oh, they did? Yeah, Instagram deleted his and I comments because there's a thread. It was like 10 comments long yeah. back and forth. And so they deleted it. And I was like, there's nothing offensive there. Yeah. There was nothing that would... Uh, condone deleting it, sent them a message I never heard back. I was like, man, Instagram is shady, you know, Facebook going and whatnot. But it like I did like, you know, I haven't gotten much backlash. I've mainly gotten people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, thanks for sharing type of thing. Yeah. um, And stuff like that. And so it's been mainly for the most part support. Mm
0: sport. Did you uh, did you get a chance to go to the rallies, go to the protests? Yeah. Um, uh, the first one I
1: actually had to miss. I was working. I couldn't get off. Mm-hmm. But the second one, um, and the second one, uh, by the Cactus Club, uh, downtown area. Yeah. Uh, it was really really cool to see. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, you know black voices being amplified. And yeah. That was so important. And uh, the black perspective, because that's just the perspective we're going to learn mm-hmm. from, right? We're not going to learn from hundred percent you know everyone's got something to provide but it's important that we learn from people that have gone through this and And are dealing with this every single day yeah so i was able to go to that um and there was a lot of different forms of expression in terms of uh poems art music speeches and it was really cool to see because there was kids that were like eight years old yeah like talking about this i'm like man like this little kid gets yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You know what I mean? This, <laughs> little, eight. this little eight-year-old. And I'm yeah. learning from him as a 23-year-old man. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was really cool to see. And it was like, you know, from eighth grade, or sorry, eight-year-old to people in their 60s mm-hmm. that have, you know, lived in a different area where the era, sorry, where the same things were going on. So it was really cool to see the, the you know, the range and the diversity in, in terms of age gave a really cool perspective. Yeah. And I was also able to go to the march as well, which the, the little march that ended, um, at Sunset Beach I yeah. think with the with the speeches there okay, yeah. and it was the same thing you know lots of different voices lots of different forms of expression and it was all just a learning experience so I'm, really, I'm really glad I would mm-hmm. you know for any anything going on in the future I highly recommend you going because it was really eye-opening for me
0: yeah no 100% I think that's super dope that you know you're educating yourself you're going to these protests and you know you're showing support and I think the the best part for me um, of of Taking all this in and seeing the protests in in its whole was the diversity of oh, yeah. the different races that were there. Yeah. Because we've we've been through this before, mm-hmm. but when like Trayvon Martin got shot and yeah. we're back at that time and even before that, it was just black people protesting. Yeah. It was just us. Yeah. And we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna get it anywhere if mm-hmm. it's just us protesting because it right. just looks like we're complaining or. You know, we're trying to make this thing bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. But now that we have the whole world's attention, we have white yeah. people, Chinese people, everyone, everyone who yeah. are standing together being like, This needs to stop now speaks of volume. yes yeah. especially, especially speaks volume as when we come together our voices are so powerful. Yeah. And it's needed. Like, I mean you see yeah, like mm-hmm. I mean, there's already
1: been changes starting to happen. Mm-hmm. They're defunding, you know, certain uh police units departments or whatever yeah. departments, yeah, better way to put it. But uh I think it's important that everyone comes together because you see the lack of diversity in the leadership up top. There's a lot of white people in charge. So if you just have one minority group calling for change, they can sweep that under the the, rug. You know, the majority of those in power are the Mm -hmm. ones
0: making decisions. Okay, I hear you, but I didn't listen. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know they'll hear us, and then a month later, yeah, a month later when everything dies down, Mm -hmm. they'll forget about it. (laughs) Yeah, when's this trend gonna end? Yeah, but if everyone
1: comes together. You can't not listen. You no. Kind of like so much pressure and that's another thing I commend Othniel for is is putting pressure. Mm-hmm. And you just keep applying pressure, keep your foot on the gas because you know it's not a movement, right? It's like it's it's human rights. It's, exactly it's, it's not uh, it's not an Instagram trade yeah, or a it's fad. It's, it's real totally, shit. Yeah, it's real <laughs> shit. Straight up, <laughs> straight up, facts.
0: Nah, so um, you know, I know a lot of people look at twenty twenty as um, you know, a negative year. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, I think 2020 was, was a year where I think negative things were brought to light. Yeah. And I think it was a good shakeup for the whole world. I think Absolutely. a lot of people got to reassess what is happening, not only with themselves, but with the whole world, like, mm-hmm. you know, with COVID, they got to reassess yeah. their jobs, what they're doing, what they actually wanna do in life. And then with these protests, you know, and COVID happening, everyone's at home, like, yeah. It's, you can't avoid this. Yeah, you your can't. eyes are on it, bro. You're mm-hmm. on social media. You are on. You got a TV. Exactly. If you're ignoring you it, it, you're part of the problem. And it's, almost, it's like you have, to, you have to consciously look away to not see it. Exactly. You know? So, you know, I think this is a lot of negativity being brought to light. And I think this is a start for a positive change. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I can't wait till things uh, go back to, to normal. Yeah. I don't want to go back to normal, you know what I mean? What's normal for you, right? Exactly. What's normal for you isn't normal for me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I think this is a beautiful thing. I think, you know, in darkness there's always light. So, you know, I think this is a huge, a huge opportunity for us as a human race to, you know, make changes and help our younger generations who are, you know, who are under us, Mm -hmm. you know, set up a society where they don't have to deal with this. You know what I mean? So... It's true, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because a lot of the younger generations are the ones leading this
1: this fight. Exactly. Like it's, it's, it's kind of I hope like I'm 23 years old. I'm not mm-hmm. old by any means. I don't think anyway. But mm-hmm. you know, like there's a lot of high schoolers and people that are just entering college, and you know, people born in the two thousands. I'm like, man, you guys are the ones like um, that have this like a really really strong yeah, yeah. voice right now, and you're pushed like, and I love it. You know, I love it. Like, it's it's funny. You know, learning from people that are younger than me, I'm like, man, mm-hmm. you guys, have so much. You know, it's,
0: it, it's, it's dope and super positive. It's funny because, like, you know, the older the older generation, you know, they always they always shit on us a little yeah, bit. You know, like, you know, they're lazy, they're this, they're yeah, that. And but like, media. you know, we've been doing an amazing job, our generation of pushing this thing and you know, so. getting the tour or getting the baton and you know, carrying this through know. forward. So absolutely, you know, I think this is super dope for. uh you know, for us as a human race and we just got to keep applying pressure, keep, yeah. you know, not taking our foot off the gas and just, mm-hmm. you know, taking it step by step. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, for sure, man. Educate yourself, educate your circles, educate not, you know, people not
1: in your circles mm-hmm. and bring, you know, that's how change starts to happen. So
0: hundred percent, man. And, you know, just to wrap things up a little bit, you know, Jordan, uh, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to, you know, do this podcast uh, time out of your day, and you know, tell your story to these kids who are uh, aspiring athletes, and you know, just telling people where you, you know, where you've been and you know where you're going, and you know, just shedding light on that, and you know, who knows, you know, it might be a little kid listening who, who looks at you and be like, damn, then I can actually do this. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was super dope for you to you know come on here and shed your story. So you know, I appreciate it and. You know this. This was a dope ass episode, so I thank, thank you, you. Thank you.
1: No, I appreciate you having me, man. It was, uh, you know, I appreciate the platform to be able to to, to tell that story and hopefully, you know, hopefully there's you know some kid out there that's listening or something yeah. like something like that that'll that'll help them with their mm-hmm. with their journey. So, you know, yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And uh, you want to drop your tag uh, on Instagram for people to follow you. Yeah, yeah. So um, my tag is JMK13JMK on uh, on Instagram somewhat active on there now so yeah <laughs> yeah and most definitely and for people to you know just to follow your story as you progress in your pro career and um and yeah man thank you for coming on here you know you're welcome here anytime and um you know for the people you already know my insta isaiah for solomon you know the vibes and uh you know thank y'all for listening i hope you all have a beautiful blessed day and you know we'll check y'all out on the next episode love